So uh, last week I shared with you one of my um, one of my little eccentricities, uh, this habit that I have or this kind of thing I do, where I watch what would be con generally considered secular movies, and I look for Christian themes in what would be a weird place to find it generally. Uh, so I got some good news. Um, one, I found out that I'm not the only person who does that, so I feel a little bit better about myself. Some other people came up and shared. And we, so we started talking about movies like, 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 you know, there's actually an alien movie, a, a space alien movie that has some tremendous Christian themes in it uh, that we were able to discuss. Well, I found a new one this week just by happenstance. Uh, it, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty interesting movie. It's really... Um, about a father whose uh, daughter has been abducted and he's convinced himself he knows who's done it and he captured this person and starts to uh, treat them pretty badly trying to get information out of them. And there's a scene in that movie where he uh, is praying. Um, one of the, what, we, what I would call the model prayer, Jesus' model prayer, some of us call it, would refer to it as the Our Father. Most of us would probably refer to it as the Lord's Prayer you know, Father, you know, our Father who art in heaven, that, that prayer. And he gets to the part where he goes, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our, forgive us our debts as we for, forgive us our debt. And he just stuck and he just keeps repeating that line over and over and over because he's starting to realize how he's treating somebody and he needs to forgive them the same way, or his forgiveness is going to depend on how forgiving he is, and he gets stuck, and he keeps repeating that line over and over and over and over and there. It's a, it's a, it's a really interesting scene, and it really sets the stage for what we're going to be talking about today as we start to talk about forgiveness and living in this world as forgivers, the importance of forgiveness in the scriptures. We're moving into chapter 5 of our, disciple, our 3D disciple journey, which is a whole chapter dedicated to living forgiveness and what that means. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be unpacking that, and today is the first part of that. Let me welcome you to the First Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here. We are glad that you have set aside time to worship with us, and mostly that you have set aside time to worship the Lord. We're grateful for you here at our Main Street campus, and we are always grateful for those who access us on our online campus, and we are grateful that we have that opportunity. Uh, we continue on as we're Working to develop, we're working together to develop disciples who display God's love as we deploy into God's world. It's been a, a while since I've said the whole thing. I wanted to remind myself how to say that. If you have your Bibles, um, you can start off by turning to Matthew chapter 6. Um, today will be one of the pa first passages we start off in. In your manual, you can turn to chapter 5, which is page 58 and 59. Uh, we're going to actually do three sermons on uh, forgiveness, and so if you want to use the blank page that, that's opposite of chapter 5, that would be a place for you to keep today's, and then we'll move on to the other two pages in the next coming weeks as we look at uh, what I call uh, the second of the big threes. Now, the big three, as I've been introducing them to you, are, are three things, uh, self-denial, forgiveness, and unity. Um, and, and I'm just going to say it this way, that these are the three things that every disciple must do. Like, these are the have-tos of discipleship. We've, we, for a long time, we've made, you know, church attendance and Bible reading and prayer. These are, the, these, are what, these are the most important things. And they are important. 
And, and I agree that they're important. But there's three things that define the disciple of Christ uh, that, that Jesus said, these are like have to, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, right? That was, that's, there's very little wiggle room in that statement that Jesus made, right? Uh, that's the first of the big three. The second one is forgiveness that we're going to be starting to talk about now. And the last one will be unity. That I think these are, the, these are the markers that made disciples of Christ different than everybody else. And uh, so I, I put these not in order of importance, self-denial, forgiveness, and, uh, forgiveness or forgiving, and unity. But they're lo- I put them in a logical order, right? Because you'll never forgive somebody until you can deny yourself (laughs) because forgiveness is giving up your own rights you have a right to be people hurt you and you have a justifiable right to be upset by that well forgiveness is when you deny yourself that right and so you'll never be able to forgive someone if you can't first deny yourself and you'll never live in unity with anyone if you don't first forgive them (laughs) and you won't forgive them unless you're able to deny yourself so you see the logical order of these three And one of the reasons I think when we look at the church, as many of you and I have experienced church in the last 50 years, particularly in the West, in America, is why is there such disunity in the church? Why is there so much fighting and infighting in the church? Because we really stink at being forgivings, and we we, we struggle at forgiving one another. And so there's a lot of people who will pray every day, they will read their Bible every day, and they will come to church every Sunday and never forgive the people they come to church with, right? And so that's why I call this probably the most important of the big three. I would say forgiveness is number one if I had to put them in in, in some kind of order of what's really important, but you're not going to get there unless you self-deny. And so where is the problem that's leading to our problem in unity? Is it because people can't self-deny or because they can't forgive or they refuse to live in unity? These are the three things that set Christians apart in the first century, in my opinion. I think the Bible backs that up. And so I would probably say in my heart, if you put a gun to my head and said, well, which of these three is the most important? I don't know that you can even ask that question, but if you did and you had to give an answer, I would probably lean towards forgiveness because it's the hinge point between self-denial and unity. You're right. We'll never get to unity without forgiveness in the middle. And that's the, one of the places that I've seen and struggled myself and seen more people struggle with. And so I want to answer one question of the day if you're, if you're writing your notes. And this is the question that we're really just going to try to answer today. So why is forgiveness so important? Why is forgiveness so important? Why, why, would, I, why would I say this is, this is extremely important? So we're going to look at, we're going to travel through the Bible quite a bit. Um, the first one place we're going to be is Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15. This is what I referenced in our, in our opening this morning. Um, and, and so number one reason, the first reason that forgiveness is so important is because it really is stressed in the Bible. It's really stressed in Jesus's teachings particularly. And so we're reading from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 9 through 15. You probably could almost repeat some of this by memory. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. All right. So how many of you would like an opportunity to practice that? Good. I didn't see anybody raise their hand, but good. Because I, I need some forgiveness right now. I just realized something. So pause the sermon. <laughs> And I just realized I got to make another announcement because it just came back to my mind. I was all fired up for the sermon. If you want to give to the love offering. Jim, you still got your basket back there with you? All right. So Jim will be standing at the back. If you're prepared to give today and want to give to that, Jim's going to be standing at the back with the basket. You can give today to the love offering for the Miller's car. If you're not prepared today and you come in next, next Sunday... The basket will be sitting in the church office, and you can put it in there next Sunday. So that's how you get it to us. Does that work, Randy? All right. Time in. Back to forgiveness. So we all know this, this prayer, right, that Jesus teaches his disciples, our Father who art in heaven. He, he tells them to pray that. I find it interesting, and if you look at your Bibles, you'll see, you know, verses uh, 9 through 13, they're kind of set apart. A lot of Bibles uh, 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 indent them differently because that's the actual prayer. Verses 14 and 15 are Jesus' commentary on the prayer. And so what did Jesus make comments? Out of the whole prayer, what did Jesus come back and say is important? For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15, if you're a marker in your Bible, underline the first word of verse 15. What's the first word of verse 15? But, right, you want to circle that. But if you don't, or if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So after Jesus models this prayer, he highlights the forgiveness part. And he makes this a statement that, again, has very little wiggle room. It's not try or you ought to or do your best or you should. It's you must forgive if you want to be forgiven. I mean, that makes it pretty important. Jesus, later on in the book of Matthew, he teaches a parable. This is starting in Matthew. If you want to turn over to chapter 18, you can flip over there. I'm just showing you two examples of Jesus' teaching on the importance of forgiveness. Matthew 18, we'll start reading with verse 21. So then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. So good job for Peter. Peter's learned that forgiveness is kind of important, right? And, and he's interested in being a forgiver, you know. And he, and he comes up with you and says, all right, uh, I got my brothers. I got these, these guys I hang out with. And, and they don't treat me right all the time. How often must I forgive them? 
Jesus said to him, I do not say seven times, but 70 times seven, right? And, and so Jesus, it's, it's a euphemism. It's, you're supposed to be generous. You're supposed to be really unlimited forgiveness. That, that this, you know, I keep forgiving you, so you keep forgiving them, basically, right? And God keeps forgiving us day in and day out for the rest of our lives. So you keep giving what you get. Then he tells this parable, starting in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one uh, was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had as payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, <coughs> and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So, this fellow, so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. They went and they reported to their master all that had taken place. And his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Verse 33. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, and here's your another word to underline, circle, make sure you highlight, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. The Bible makes forgiveness extremely, extremely important. I mean, it's really unconditional act of a disciple, that we must be forgivers. And so number one, one of the one of the reason, the first reason that the Bible, that forgiveness is so important is because it is so stressed in the Bible, particularly in the teachings of Jesus. The second reason forgiveness is so important is because God is a forgiver himself. Now in the Old Testament, we see a lot of the wrath of God in the Old Testament. Right? We see him destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. We see him send uh, people to capture the Israelites because they're unfaithful to him. Uh, we see him you know, destroying the Egyptians in the Red Sea. I mean, God pours out his wrath in a lot of, lot of the Old Testament. And basically, the New Testament is the story of forgiveness, right? It's, that's the whole idea of Jesus coming and dying on the cross. We, we really focus on forgiveness in the New Testament. But I want you to see, and I, and I have a list of, of things, you can write these down, uh, of references. And this is just a sampling of God as a forgiver found in the Old Testament. Micah 7, 8, and 9. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love he will again have compassion on us and he will tread our iniquities underfoot you will cast all your sins into the depths of the sea and it starts who 
knows a God like this? Because this isn't the way of gods of the Old Testament. They were all about wrath and vengeance and keeping people in fear and dread. And, and, and Micah writes, who's a God like this that forgives and casts out our sins? Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Daniel 9, 9, to the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. Isaiah 55, 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, for that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Psalm 86, 5. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land one of the main qualities of God is God is a forgiver and as children of God we should imitate our father and so that's another reason why forgiveness is so very very important third reason for forgiveness being so important the heart the very essence of the gospel is forgiveness. I mean, that's, that is the good news of God. You can be forgiven. Luke 24, 44 through 49 says it this way. And he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of context here. This is the end of the book of Luke. Jesus is walking down what we would call the, the, the road to Emmaus, or he's walking with these disciples, right? And he's going to explain to them. They're, they're talking about all that's happened. You know, Jesus being crucified, and now he's disappeared. And what's going on? They're having this conversation. They don't recognize Jesus. And so, so he says, these are my words that all of this had to be fulfilled. All the Bible had to be fulfilled. Then he, in verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning with Jerusalem. This is the gospel. This is the heart of the gospel. All that God had planned throughout the entirety of Scripture had to be accomplished. And the Christ would suffer and die and on the third day rise again so that forgiveness in his name could be proclaimed to all the nations. That's God's plan in about two or three sentences. All that took place in the Scriptures... All that, that the Bible is about, all that Jesus was up to, he must die and be raised again so that forgiveness in his name could be proclaimed to all the nations. 
That's the very thing that Paul just said before Festus, right? Like, I've come to realize that what Moses and what we've been believing for all of time is that the Christ must suffer and die so that forgiveness in his name could be proclaimed. That's his defense. That's the Christian defense. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness in the name of Jesus to all the nations. It is the most important thing. It is the heart of the gospel. That is the good news we proclaim. Forgiveness is available to you. Have you been forgiven? The fourth reason. See if I got this. Jesus died for our forgiveness. And that sounds like the same thing we just said. But just consider the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God. How, why is forgiveness so important? It was the most expensive thing ever, ever, ever purchased in all of history. The forgiveness of God required the sacrifice of God, the perfect man God, Jesus himself, the incarnate deity, to die in our place. Peter, in Acts chapter 2, as he's preaching the first sermon, this is what he says. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness of our sins is, not, is, is accessed through Jesus Christ because he died for us. That's what makes it so important. It's the most expensive gift ever, ever, ever purchased in all the history of the world. There is nothing more valuable you may remember some of the teachings in the scriptures. So it's repaired to the great pearl or, or this treasure of great price. It, it's worth everything to obtain it. It's that valuable. And finally, forgiveness is so important because forgiveness is the key to eternal life. We all want to live forever. This, this is a common thread among religions around the world is, is life after death, is, is eternal life, is, is to, to live in a state of bliss. Well, the forgiveness of God is what unlocks that door. You don't get to live in eternity with God unless your sins are forgiven. Mark eleven twenty five says it this way, and whenever you stand praying, right, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Oh, that's a nice statement. Anything against anyone. That pretty much covers it, don't you think? Anything against anyone. Forgive. So that your Father, who is in heaven, will forgive you your trespasses. So he opened the door of heaven. Right? That's where he's at. And if you want to be in his presence, <laughs> here's the key to his presence. When you stand to pray, make sure you forgive anyone of anything. And your Father, 
who is in heaven will forgive you. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty important. It's, the Bible is pretty strong on this. So I want to work a little bit on our active discipleship today. Four steps that you can think about. If you remember last week that, that we're kind of trying to start to focus on how do I not only be a hearer of the word, but a doer, right? Because, again, as I stated in my opening, I think there's a lot of Christians for a long time who have heard about forgiveness. Many of them would have claimed to receive God's forgiveness. And they're not unified, and they're holding grudges against other Christians, not much less anyone for anything, right? Day in and day out. And they stand and they pray and they read their Bible but they don't practice forgiveness. So let's talk a little bit. Number one, know the gospel. If forgiveness is the heart of the gospel, if this, is, if this is the most important thing, if this is what God's big plan was, we need to know the gospel. And I'm going to help you learn it ABCs, right? Just A, B, C, D, E, F. All people have sinned against God. A. B. Broken relationships with God is the result. <laughs> a, B. So all people sinned against God because of that. There's a broken relationships with God is the result. C, Christ Jesus came to earth as the perfect man. D, died on the cross to pay the penalty for sin. So forgiveness can be extended to all people and, whoops, there we go. This is the way. So eternal life can be experienced with God, since forgiveness can be extended to all people. I got a little confused in my ABCs when I first wrote this down. I was so excited about getting to the F, I forgot E comes first. So this is the right way. All people have sinned against God. Broken relationships is the result. Christ Jesus came to earth as the perfect man, died on the cross to pay the penalty for sin. Eternal life can be experienced with God, since forgiveness can be extended to all people. A simple gospel message, A, B, C, D, E, F. From all people sin to all people can be forgiven. And so just know the gospel. The second part, accept the gospel. By this we just mean put your faith in it. Have you believed it? Forgiveness is offered. It's extended to all people. But we have some responsibility in receiving it and accepting it and realizing that's what God did for us. And as, as uh, Peter instructed the people in Acts, he goes, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. That you accept this gospel and you follow Christ. And if you haven't done that, that's the most important thing for you to do is to receive the forgiveness of God. And by the way, if you haven't done that, we have a baptism coming up Friday, uh, Saturday We'll be glad to work on the splash part before the bang. And so uh, the waters will be open for those who want to commit and accept the forgiveness of God offers them. And show the world publicly that you believe that by following in baptism. Here's where it starts to get tricky. Ask for an opportunity to share the gospel. We often talk about and we often try to encourage people now that you've Know the gospel, now that you accept the gospel, go share the gospel. Well, my, I, I want to back up a half step and say, pray to God that you get a chance to do it. Just pray, God, give me an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. I think God's faithful. 
And I, and, and I believe if you ask in his name and you really mean it, you're going to find opportunity to do that. Then you're going to have to cross the great, then you're going to have to cross the bridge whether you're courageous enough to do it or not. But I think the first step is just saying, God, give me a heart and a desire and an opportunity to share this good news with people who need to hear it. I think if we start there, we'll be amazed at what opportunity God gives us uh, and, and to be sensitive to that. And then, and I put a little step down here, live the gospel. See, forgiveness is the gospel. And we're talking about displaying and deploying and showing the world right, what we understand. And so I really want to encourage you to live the gospel. And I'm going to give you another ABC DEF here. All Christians have been sinned against. Let's just take a quick poll. Any of you never had a bad moment? I mean, has, has anybody lived life and somebody hasn't done something wrong to you? Anybody? Can you, can you, okay. So then we agree. All of us as Christians have been sinned against probably at least once in our life, right? Somebody took our sucker at one place. Somebody said something bad about us at one place. Someone slighted us in some way. Someone has done something. We've all been sinned against. Broken relationships is the result of that. Right? Have we, we experienced that strain when people mistreat us? How we have this like, I don't really want to be around them. I don't really want to talk with them. I really don't want to see them. You know, they haven't, they haven't asked for my forgiveness. So I'm just kind of stewing about that. Broken relationships is often the result of being sinned against. The sea is the same. Christ Jesus came to earth as the perfect man. The D is the same. He died on the cross to pay the penalty of sin. So, everyone who has received God's forgiveness are to live as forgivers in the world. One of the things that you probably have more opportunity to practice in your Christian walk than any other thing that the Bible wants us to practice is to be a forgiver. You may have more opportunities to forgive than you do to share the gospel. But know this, that often when we can be forgiving, it is the step to sharing the gospel. As we stand and pray, let us forgive anyone for anything. Right? And so living the gospel is not just talking about forgiveness. It's recognizing we've all been sinned and against, and, and broken relationships is often the result of that. Some of the people who sin against us live in our house with us, right? And my counseling among Christian couples who are struggling would go a lot better. The first lesson, you know what we talk about? Forgiving. Christ came to earth as the perfect man. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for all sins so that everyone who has received God's forgiveness can live as forgivers in the world. That's what it means to go and live the gospel because forgiveness is the heart of the gospel let us go live it in a world that needs to see what forgiveness is all about